Welcome to Expositional Excerpts. I'm your host, Matthew Pilch. I pastor Grace Fellowship Baptist Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Let's dive into the Word. Today we will be looking at Ephesians 3.5, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. We may get a little farther, and if we do, we'll read that verse when we get there. We are in this section of Ephesians 3, 1 to 6 today, and we are stating that we need to understand the mysterious nature of the church as believers, and we really would do well to dwell on that subject. And so we discussed, first of all, that the mystery of the church is the stewardship of her ministers. Secondly, the ministry of uh, the mystery of the church was revealed in God's perfect time. Third, in our last episode, the mystery of the church is not supposed to be kept a mystery any longer. And today, as we move into verse 5, we see this fourth point of understanding here, that the mystery of the church was not known prior to the generation of the apostles. Obviously, this goes in with the idea of mystery, and we have really started to make that explicit, but it is made even more explicit in this verse. The mystery of the church was not known prior to the generation of the apostles, which here, the very first word of verse 5, speaks to the mystery of the church. That's the nearest antecedent in verse 4. So when you read this, Paul says, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which, what? The mystery of Christ, okay? Which, and then he goes on to say, was not made known. The passive nature of this verb discloses to us that the subjects in view could not have known even if they had wanted to. In other words, someone outside of the prophets, someone outside of the apostles made this mystery known. And so that someone, I think we all have an idea who that is, is God, chose not to reveal it to them. So this mystery had nothing to do with their piety. I mean, think about some of the incredible prophets in the Old Testament, Elijah, Elisha. Think about David, a friend of God. Uh, and think about Moses, who, who walked with God and also was a friend of God. Okay, David, the friend of God, could not have known the mystery of Christ and, and the mystery of the church because God didn't reveal it to him. Moses, who walked with God, could not have known of the church because God didn't reveal it to him. Isaiah, a great prophet of God, could not have known because God didn't reveal it to him. And we could say the same of Daniel and Jeremiah and Elisha and Samuel, Zechariah, Micah, and, and so on and so on. So it was not made known. We want to real or zoom in on the fact that this is a passive verb, which also indicates that it could not have been made known. It's not that they just chose not to reveal it because the Holy Spirit didn't direct them to. They honestly did not know about it because it was never revealed to them. And, and he goes on to say this then as he talks about sons of men in other generations. It's everything that we just mentioned with the prophets of old. Everyone leading up to the apostles is now subsumed under this. So all the way until John the Baptist broke forth, and really he was the last of the Old Testament, you understand that while Jesus 
is having his earthly ministry. He's just started his earthly ministry. Now John is being held in prison by Herod, and eventually he is beheaded, and he is a martyr for the cause of Christ. But the church has not started yet. Uh, Christ's ministry is just getting started while John is in prison, which is why John sends his apostles or his disciples to Christ saying, are you the one or are we to look for another? Um, But the fact of the matter is, is all the way up to John the Baptist, even John the Baptist didn't understand what the church was. So even someone who was privileged to be the herald of Christ knew nothing of the church. But then we see here, as we continue uh, of verse 5 and looking into this, that God did choose to reveal it in a particular way to the disciples. So which, the mystery of Christ, was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, that passive verb, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So God did choose to reveal it. We again see that passive nature here, to the apostles anyway, passive with regard to them, and we see that it is God. So what's the time of the revelation of the mystery? Well, it's now, as it has now been revealed. This is the time that God deemed perfect to reveal the mystery of the church, just as it was the perfect time to send forth his son, born under a woman born under the law, Galatians 4.4, so it was the perfect time now to reveal the mystery. And by the way, we could say that Galatians 4.4, with regard to the incarnation, took place a little bit before uh, the mystery of the church was revealed, right? Because Christ had to be born at a certain time, then he had to grow up and assume his earthly ministry. It was laid out from the foundation of the world, and then, uh, then the church could happen. So the time is now, and of course now means at the time of uh, the beginning of the church, and so it's it's very new even at the time that Paul is writing this. Then that leads us to this question of how. It has now been revealed. Uh, we alluded to this, but it is passive again, which means that the apostles themselves were no different than the prophets who went before them in the sense that they could not have figured this out had it not been revealed to them. And keep in mind, as we make that statement, that while Jesus was alive and walking this earth during his earthly ministry for those three years, that when he began to speak in parables, remember that his apostles couldn't even understand those parables without guidance and explanation. And so we don't want to give them too much credit, and we don't want to overstep that in any way. The thing we also have to understand about this is that something that is a mystery isn't even on the radar. They're not looking for something that they haven't seen. And we could go off on a rabbit trail. I'm known for that. Uh, But this could actually be instructive to many people in the church today. Um, If God hasn't revealed something, then we don't go looking for things that aren't revealed, right? Uh, We, there are a whole bunch of people within the broad umbrella of evangelicalism today who are looking for things, who are trying to uncover secrets and mysteries. And and Paul has something to say about that. 
you know, when he addresses that letter to Timothy, First Timothy, he, he mentions false teaching a lot. He mentions myths and uh, numerology and genealogies and 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 those those things, fables. And so he's actually alluding to this idea that that people get so caught up into today, and they're trying to find some secret hidden meaning of the scriptures that no one else has ever found before, and they're the first ones. And wow, look at this. That's that's not at all what our duty is as believers. And we're not supposed to be looking for something that is purposely hidden from us by God. By the way, are there things that are still a mystery to us? I mean, we know that eye has not, uh, ear has not heard and, uh, and eyes have not beheld the things that are, that are too glorious for us with regard to the future, right? There's a mystery with regard to the future. We know a little bit about the future, but we don't know the future explicitly. Um, but that doesn't mean we go looking for it. And the problem is, okay, I might be getting ready to step on some toes here, but all of these people who have a quote unquote near death experience and their heart stops and, you know, the doctors pronounce them clinically dead for a few minutes and they come back and they write a book about it. And people in under broad Christianity, uh, the, you know, the big umbrella of evangelicalism, they take that as more authoritative than the Bible. And listen, um, I'd just like to ask you a question. <laughs> okay. Do you think that heaven is going to be different for every single person or is heaven going to be one thing and it's what God has designed it to be? Hopefully you would answer that in the, the latter uh, fashion. Uh, but the fact is, is right. I mean, maybe different personalities have a different way of seeing things, but it's not going to be radically different. If this were true, that every time somebody had a near-death experience, then there shouldn't be, you know, 500 different books on my personal visit in heaven for 15 minutes or 10 minutes or five minutes or whatever it was. They should all be the same, right? And they're not. And that in itself should be instructive to us. We know what we need to know about heaven through the scriptures, not through some some vision or experience. And we really need to stop and think about that and, and take these thoughts captive and put them under subjectivity to Christ. Okay. So it has been revealed to the apostles. They weren't looking for it. And then God chose to reveal it to them. Uh, by the way, none of the apostles were Gentiles. Christ wasn't a Gentile. They called him rabbi, a title of respect for a teacher within the Jewish community. They are thinking in Old Testament terms as Jewish people. This is how God has been working for a couple thousand years already. There is not even the slightest hint that anything would be different. In order for them to make this connection to understand, it must be revealed. And that, of course, is what he says. It is, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Well, I don't mean to, to go on so long about that, but it is something worth thinking about. And, and who did he reveal it to? Was it to everybody in just this broad sense that everybody gets it? No, it was specific people. It was to his holy apostles and prophets. And we're talking now about the New Testament. We're not talking about the Old Testament prophets. We're talking about the, the holy 
apostles. And I, I take this in, in sort of an appositional sense that the apostles are this special, you know, these people hold this special appointed office. We're not talking about a general sent one apostolos, which we all are if we understand it in that sense, but we're talking about those who hold the office. But many of the apostles, not all, Many of the apostles were used by God to give us scripture. And when they are used by God to give us inspired scripture that is now in canon, part of our canon, well, they now enter into this this holy office uh, and they enter into this communion with uh, another group of very select people from the past called prophets, because God used the prophets of old, like Samuel, uh, like David, like Elijah, like Elisha, right? Uh, to confirm, uh, to confirm in, in inspired scripture as it was given, or to write it down. And so he uses his apostles and teaches them, and then many of them go on, and he uses them to give and pen inspired scripture to. He uses Paul. He uses Peter. He uses James right? He uses Luke, the beloved physician. Well, I'm trying to think if Luke is part of the 12 here, uh, but uh, Matthew, uh, right? Um, and, you know, so not all of them, though, are, are that way. So that's who he reveals it to. It's just to those people, which means, by the way, that he's not revealing that to us. We believe that the canon is closed, and he does so through the agent. This is the last point that we'll look at this, this uh, episode here, is the agent of the revelation is the Holy Spirit, the third person of the triunity. And the Holy Spirit is the agent of inspiration and the giving of scripture. And we have seen this in other places as well. Not only does he say it here, but there's probably perhaps a more uh, familiar passage, but it would be good to link these two together, at least in your mind. Uh, When he says, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit, we should be able to connect that to what Peter wrote about the process of inspiration in his second letter, second Peter one, verse 21 where he says, no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by, that's right, the Holy Spirit. And so we don't expect any discrepancy or differentiation, and we don't find any. Uh, He is the same person, the same agent uh, to, to confirm and to give inspired scripture to these chosen and select individuals who now enter into this office of prophet. Uh, But now he's using some of the disciples or the holy apostles as prophets, and he's using them in the same way he has in the past. And Peter goes on to write that. And it's interesting that when he writes that in second Peter chapter one, that process is happening at that moment that, that quill is to parchment. So as it were, right. Or quill to papyri. And so it's very interesting to get into that discussion. So that's how the mystery came about, right? The mystery of the church was not known prior to the generation of the apostles, and it really couldn't have been. And I think that we've made that explicitly clear just by looking into verse 5 today. And so that's what we want to make sure that we understand. Well, that's where we're going to leave it for this episode, and tomorrow we will pick it up with verse 6 
as we continue our march through this section and hopefully we'll be able to finish out this entire section by looking at this last point in our next episode. This has been another podcast of Expositional Excerpts with Pastor Matthew Pilch. If you'd like more information, please visit our church website at gfbc.net.